On with me now is businessman extraordinaire, oil man extraordinaire, my good and extraordinary friend. Mike Woods is back with us. He's always been a favorite of yours, and I think this is the first time he's been with me since uh, we have relocated. Uh, Jane and I came up here to Colorado. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for being back on the C.L. Bryant Show with me. How are you, brother? I'm doing fine, CL. Good to hear your voice. You as well, friend, and thank you so much for being there with me. Mike, let's jump right into uh, this uh, conversation that many people are wanting to have. We're looking at low gas prices, but yet we're looking at also the threat of uh, the Saudis flooding the market. Uh, You and I both uh, have interest in oil and gas. Uh, Mike, give us your prognosis on what the uh, American future looks like as far as the oil and gas market is concerned. Well, it's it, it's turned ugly right now, CL, and and we're in times that uh, are unprecedented. Uh, we have the Saudis threatening to to flood the market with uh, with. Of course, the first question is where does it go? Uh, but the, we we've never had a price war where the demand wasn't still there. Uh, you know, and everybody is is saying how long is this going to last? And, and I did some research. Uh, this morning when I came in the office, uh, we've been through three price wars with the, with the Saudis. The first was in June of 85, uh, and, and they drove the price down from $31 to $9.75. That lasted for 13 months. The second price war was in November of 97. They drove the price down from $20 to $10 a barrel. That lasted 17 months. And then the third price war was in November of 2014, where they drove the price from $100 to $27.88, and that lasted for 22 months. So best-case scenario in, in the last price wars is, is a little over a year. Worst-case scenario is, is a couple of years. Uh, but the, the, the problem with all this CL, uh, and I'm looking at the screen right now, crude is trading at $22.98 for West Texas Intermediate. Uh, we're consuming right now about 100 million barrels a day of crude oil. They're saying if this pandemic continues on, that's going to drop to a consumption rate of about 80 million barrels a day. So you're going to have 20 million barrels a day of surplus. We don't have storage for that. Right now, there's about a million and a half barrels of crude oil in storage, uh, and, and our president is going to add some to the Strategic Petroleum Reserve uh, but in, in four months, at, at 2 million barrels a day, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve is going to be full. So there's no place for crude oil to go. And, and one of the, the scary things that I'm looking at this morning, and, and we ran into this a few years ago when, when um, Cushing got full, I'm afraid the price of oils may go to zero, uh, being that they're going to just tell me, shut your wells in, we have no place to put your crude oil. So wow. that's going to be interesting to see that the implications there. Wow. Mike, uh, that may not be, in fact, that is not good news for people who have interest in oil and gas, but uh, talk to the consumer. Uh, what does that mean to the consumer? Well, the, the consumer, I mean, already, uh, CL, I don't know what price of gasoline is in, in Colorado, but it's it's a $1.91 for regular here in Louisiana. And of course, it realize that about 50 cents of that is state and federal tax. Uh, I just bought some fuel here for the farm, and, and I paid a dollar fifteen a gallon for for diesel. Of course, there's no road use tax on on farm diesel, uh, but just do the math. There's forty two barrels. I mean, the forty two gallons in a barrel of crude oil, and if you can buy a, a, a processed fuel for a dollar fifteen a barrel, that that's 
that's dirt cheap, and it's it's getting cheaper. Yeah, um, it really is. But nobody's driving. It really is. Nobody's and, going anywhere. I mean, we uh, uh, on Sunday our church, as many churches uh, did, we went to just live streaming video, and and uh, as you know, I, I play in the band, and so there there were eight of us at church. We had a, a drummer, a guitar player, a me, the bass player, and the minister, and the music minister, and, and we had a couple of singers. And driving into church Sunday morning, which is normally bumper to bumper, there's nobody on the road. So yeah. nobody's going anywhere. Uh, you can't go out. You, everybody is, is basically uh, quarantined. And so we're not Gas may be cheap, but if you're not going anywhere, it doesn't do anybody any good. You know, you're absolutely right, Mike. Uh, up here in Colorado, you can get it for a dollar ninety nine. Two dollars uh, is probably the average up here in Colorado, and uh, it is amazing. Uh, Mike, uh, talk to us now, uh, and of course, uh, all of this is is blended into the same conversation. But uh, the effects of something like this, uh, from your perspective, if it were to last uh, another three weeks, four weeks, or, or in 60 days, as some are predicting, and maybe longer. Uh, what does, uh, look into your uh, financial crystal ball, uh, I, I know that um, I began to hurt with certain uh, things that I'm involved in. Uh, in fact, I'm hurting now. <laughs> but uh, but just the same, what does America look like? What does America begin to look like uh, in, in, in 60 days, if this continues? Well, it, it, anybody in, in the oil and gas business that has debt is in serious trouble, Uh you know, I, I constantly do cash flow projections, and, and I I could survive at thirty dollars a barrel. I wouldn't make any money, but but I could I could survive. I, I'm losing money uh, at twenty three dollars a barrel. The good news is I, I have no debt, and and I've got some cash on hand that I can, I can continue on. But but I continue on, and the problem that we're going to really run into uh, CL if if they start telling us to shut wells in, people don't realize. You have a, a reservoir energy that pushes the, the oil to the well bore. When you shut that well in and you you quit the, the oil moving, you, you lose you don't lose that pressure, but the pressure dissipates back into the formation. When you go back to, to flowing or pumping, it may not come back. So that's that's the way that, that we're looking at right now of, of you know how long is this going, going to be shut in or, or how long are the prices going to be depressed? I had scheduled uh, five more wells to go uh, in the next three months. Uh, one of my partners called this morning and said, we're not going to drill this well because I don't want to bring it online with flush production uh, with these prices. It, it, it doesn't make economic sense. So you're going to see rigs stacked quickly. Uh, you're going to see people in some serious cash flow. I mean, I was looking at Exxon this morning. Exxon a year ago was selling, the stock was eighty three forty nine. This morning it's thirty four dollars. I mean, it's now Exxon is in great shape because they're sitting on a on a ton of cash. But if if an Exxon Mobil uh, has lost sixty uh, percent of its value in a year, uh, what about the folks that are in the basin that have debt? Uh, it's it's just going to be ugly. And and you know, the great state of Louisiana. Let me tell you some implications there. There are forty eight thousand workers in the oil field in Louisiana today. In December of 18, there were 56,000. In, in 2012, there were 93,000. So if you start shutting in wells and, and not drilling and laying off people, it, it's going to have a huge uh, impact on, on unemployment in Louisiana and also on the state budget. Our state budget is predicated on $59 crude oil. 
Well, if it's 22 or $23 for every dollar drop, that costs the state $13 million in revenue. So all of a sudden, we're looking at a half a billion dollar or more shortfall for this year in, in revenue. And what, wow. what happens then? Well, we cut health care and we cut higher ed. Here we go again. Wow. And, and in a state like ours, even though I'm living in Colorado now, and Mike, I'm probably bound for Washington, D.C. I'm getting um, invitations to come up there. Uh, and I'm probably going to, to take that just so you folks um, uh, heard it here first. But, Mike, in a state like Louisiana, our beloved uh, home state of Louisiana, uh, that uh, depends, life's blood is oil and gas, uh, and we're already hurting uh, in, in many uh, fiscal ways there in Louisiana. Uh, Mike, how does that uh, uh, reflect and I've been defending, I'm still defending the president because this is of no fault, as far as I'm concerned, of his, uh, as far as uh, this virus erupting. But uh, what, what what can be some political implications of uh, this uh, virus? You know, people hold folks who are in office responsible for their hard times. Talk to us about that, Mike. Well, the, the, the thing that has, has bothered me throughout all this, you know, I mean, in times of, of national crisis, in times of world crisis, this is not a time, this isn't a Democrat or a Republican crisis. This is, this is a health crisis. And I was at least pleased to see, uh, today I saw uh, Mitch McConnell come up and say that the Senate's going to approve the House bill with, without any changes. I mean, now is the time for us to work together. It's it's not time to blame. I mean, I think the president has done a great job in responding. Uh, he's he's trying to get you know a trillion dollar plus surplus. You know, we've got to get cash into the economy. The Fed has has done some great things with um, uh, not only lowering interest rates, but they're they're helping with commercial paper. They're putting money into for small businesses and on the commercial paper side. Uh, but it's you know, and he's quickly trying to get cash into into folks' hands. But it's not time to, to bicker. And I hate that this is happening I mean, during a, a, a political election year because you get those that are going to try to you know. Let's face it, the Democrats are jumping up and down because the economy is tanking, and 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 that to me is a tragedy that, that they would like to see the the economy go into a depression uh, just to defeat our our president. Um, so I'm I'm hoping. That, that this will, will make the folks in Washington and make the folks in Baton Rouge and make the folks in Shreveport, Louisiana, say, okay, this, this, isn't, this isn't time to be political. This is time for, for leadership, and let's step up to the plate and do the right thing. And uh, I think the president's doing the right thing. I think our governor did the right thing to shut the schools down. And there was, and I heard criticism, oh, he can't tell us we can't go to church. And, and, right. <laughs> you know, Mike, uh, you know, and both of us uh, folks uh, listening to Mike Woods and myself, you're listening to people who are unashamedly, unabashedly Christians, followers of Jesus Christ. He is our Lord and our Savior. But you know what, Mike, uh, the golden rule is as we have begun to interpret this down through the ages, what Jesus said, love thy neighbor as thyself, do unto others as you do unto yourself. Uh, when, when you when you don't, in my estimation, if you don't go to be a good citizen and, and uh, not to spread something that very well. Well, could be spread to harm uh, people who are, um, you know, at, at risk. Uh, I, I think that is being the best form of a Christian, uh, in my opinion. But there are some of my uh, clergy uh, uh, friends and, and colleagues who disagree with me, Mike. I, I believe that it is our duty, our civic duty to be good citizens in every aspect of it. Uh, talk to us about it. 
Well, and, and I agree with you, C.L., and, and there, with technology today, and, and, and I'll use uh, the church I attend, First Baptist in Shreveport, uh, we are still live streaming uh, on Sunday morning. Now, there's only 10 of us in there, three, uh, four musicians, a piano player, uh, the, the pastor, and the music minister. Uh, but we are still conducting a, a worship. Uh, our congregation can still tune in through Facebook and, and, and see the service. Uh, and we will continue to do that. We're trying to come up with ways to have Sunday school classes uh, with conference calls and, and through Facebook Live and, and other uh, venues. So you can continue to have uh, uh, church on Sunday. I mean, that's something that you and I have both done all of our lives, and, and I can't get up on Sunday morning without going to church. Right. And we'll continue to do that as, as long as, as I have that ability. But, right. but it's it's just different times. I mean, we're all learning how to, to do Sunday school different and do church service different. And, and uh, you know, we are developing call chains and checking on all of our members, especially the elderly. Do you, know, do you need anything at the grocery store? How are you doing? And, uh, you know, you just have to you have to improvise. You know, you're absolutely right, Mike. Uh, Word of God Ministries, where I attend, my pastor, uh, uh, James A. McManus, he did the same thing as y'all did over there at First Baptist. And uh, we, we and we're, we're finding what we're doing, what this is forcing us to do, Mike, is find new ways to actually spread the gospel in uh, these modern eras and also be assemble ourselves together. I like being physically together with my uh, brothers and sisters who are believers in Jesus Christ. But, uh, you know, when we talk about these uh, pandemics, and, and Mike, I don't think that this is the first or the last one uh, to to come our way. I think we better get ready for something like this to happen uh, rather, uh, you know, regularly as we go through time. But is this really a, a way for the church to evolve? Uh, does God speak through these type things? We're talking now as two Christian brothers. What do you say? Well, I, I think it does. I mean, we, we saw a, a, a increased attendance after 9-11. Uh, you know, when, when times get tough, people do turn to God. Uh, and it's been interesting. I've noticed in the neighborhood that I live in, all of a sudden we have a neighborhood Facebook page, and people are posting, does anybody need to go to the grocery store? I'm, I'm going to go, and if you're elderly and are concerned, I will go. So you're having a sense of community that I think we've gotten away from. I mean, w- one of the comments in our neighborhood was, this is kind of like a small town that I grew up in. I mean, so so people – when times, whether it be hurricanes or, or pandemics or whatever, uh, people do kind of rally around the cause and, and, and become involved with their neighborhoods and become more involved with their church and, and, and start checking on, on those that, that are less fortunate. And, and uh, there's, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for churches just because you can't go and sit in a pew on Sunday morning, but you can still help. You can deliver food to the elderly. You can, you, you can, you know, I, I see the food bank right now is frantic trying to get volunteers because their meals on wheels have suddenly exponentially grown. And, and so there, there are all sorts of opportunities that, that we can exercise our, our faith uh, besides just going and sitting in a pew on, on Sunday morning. Mike, when we come back, my special guest, Mike Woods, businessman extraordinaire, oil man certainly extraordinaire, and we're concerned about uh, the times, not only in Louisiana, but across the world, as far as the futures or the uh, price of oil and and, uh, and gas is concerned. All of you uh, should be, certainly for the consumer, or you're uh, enjoying it at the pump, but globally, uh, when we talk about an economic structure, uh, we're talking about 
about an economy that is indeed built on uh, oil and gas. I'm going to continue a conversation with Mike Woods. Both he and I are in our 60s, and I want to talk to him about that and other things surrounding this current crisis in America today. This is the C.L. Bryant Show. I'm really glad that all of you could come along with us. Uh, To all of you in Louisiana who are expecting us down uh, this weekend to memorialize uh, my wife, Jane, we won't be able to do that uh, because of the various things Mike and I are talking about. We had to postpone it, and, uh, you know, Jane wanted to be cremated, and so that's what we did. Uh, So her remains are here with me, but uh, I'm sure she's enjoying, I'm certain, uh, an, an existence, a life that we cannot have eyes nor ears to hear or see uh, how good God is to those who have loved him during this lifetime here on earth. So I'm just happy for her uh, freedom and uh, we won't be uh, having the memorial service this weekend and the time will be announced at a future date. I'll be back with more of the C.L. Bryant show. In fact, Michelle, remind me to um, notify Hannity and, and all of them. We had some people coming down, but just the same. Uh, I'll be back with more of the C.L. Bryant show. Don't go anywhere. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL back with you on this great day in the USA. And um, I am saying to you folks that uh, this is one of those times. uh, These are those times when uh, we are looking at uh, the impact of the coronavirus on America. Now, coronavirus itself has been around for quite some time. But, but uh, this COVID-19 is something totally different. Um, um, bring, uh, bring Mike uh, back uh, to us, um, Michelle. Bring Mike back to us. I want to talk to him about um, this um, being 60 and over and all of that type thing. Um, uh, yeah, bring him, bring yeah, bring him back up. Um, just the same, folks. When we look at um, Canada, the border. How many times have I crossed the border into Canada? It's 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 as routine uh, as anything. 
crossing if you're up in that 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 neck of the woods you can cross over into canada and and believe it or not i forget what comedian uh put it like this uh but canada he said canada is like our our attic um a lot of neat stuff up there that you've forgotten about And so when you go up there, uh, you're checking out a lot. You're checking out a lot of stuff that uh, you had totally forgotten was was up there. That, that's what Canada uh, is like. It's it's like your attic or your basement or something. Uh, there's a lot of neat stuff up there that uh, you never go down there or up there to see. Uh, but when you, once you start rumbling through it, uh, you find out there's a lot of neat stuff up there. I used to go up to Canada all the time, Jane. How many times we crossed the Canadian border? Uh, and, and it is a lot of neat stuff up there, but the Canadian border is closed. Coming back with me now is uh, Mike Woods. Mike, I wasn't quite done with you yet. A few more minutes, if you can allow me that. Uh, be gracious enough to allow me that. I want to ask you uh, this. I want to engage in this um, uh, conversation with you. Mike Woods is my special guest. It's been on my show for the last five years that I've been doing uh, radio, and uh, we've built it, and looks like we're uh, taking it on the road ag- uh, again to to uh, D.C. here real soon, Mike, and um, hopefully once we get back in a studio-type setting, we can do a remote uh, where you sit in for me like you used to uh, back in uh, the early days of the C.L. Bryant show. But Mike Woods is my special guest, has been a friend of the show for low those many years. Mike, both of us are in our 60s, and uh, it, it seems that um, we're in that target area of folks who might be um, you know, vulnerable to this infection. Mike, do you remember the times when you felt like you were bulletproof? When did you you not feel bulletproof any longer? Talk to us a little bit about that. Now, are we uh, we still looking good? We're still feeling good? Both of us do. Uh, talk to us about, uh, yeah. about it. <laughs> well, it, it, it was interesting when they very first started identifying those at risk and started talking about the elderly, and then somebody said, yeah, the elderly is anybody over 60. And I thought, well, I don't feel elderly. I, I never... I've never really considered myself elderly, but uh, uh, it, it is interesting. And, and I guess, uh, you know, the good news is that, that uh, we don't have heart issues or, or, or other uh, immunodeficiencies, but uh, it's, it's scary, that, and, and especially when you see the fact that so many, and I don't know what, what they are doing in Colorado, but, you know, our governor here in Louisiana shut down all the restaurants and festivals and parades uh, early on, and, and there are those, as I said earlier, that have been critical of that. And, and our, our local sheriff, Steve Prater, made a great comment the other day. He said, I would much rather be accused of overreacting than underreacting. Yeah. Uh, and and, and, and as, as we go into this um, uh, economic pain that we're getting ready to, to suffer because nobody's spending money, uh, and, and with all the restaurants closed here and the bars closed, uh, you know, the, the restaurants are trying to do takeout. I understand that they've sco- uh, closed all the, the ski facilities there in Colorado. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if, if y'all are still uh, having uh, your restaurants open. The banks here are only doing drive-through. You, you cannot go in the lobby of any of the banks. It's, it's only drive-through. So there's some serious um, uh, quarantining going on, but hopefully – that's going to flatten that um, uh, that curve, and and uh, but everything I'm reading, CL, they're, they're predicting at least a 12 percent uh, decline in the economy uh, for the April to June quarter, and and looking at at best zero growth for 2020. Uh, so it's it, it has a, it has a cost, but hopefully the the uh, the virus will. Uh, 
will, yeah. will decline and, and we can get back. And when we get back, it's going, it's going to be a roaring economy. That, that's what's, uh, you know, uh, unemployment was it, was at record low. Uh, I mean, we, GDP was, was increasing. I mean, everything, we were hitting on all of our cylinders, and then all of a sudden just a, a, a screeching halt. So uh, if it doesn't last too long, I'm, I'm optimistic that it's going to come back with a, with a vengeance. Uh, and I know everybody in business is hoping that because they don't want to lose these good employees. But it's, it's going to be interesting to see how we, uh, how we react. Absolutely not. And these employees were experiencing really good 401k results and uh, that type of thing. And Mike, when we look at what you have just uh, laid out for us, we had a booming, it was booming economy. Let's talk about then uh, the uh, reaction that our uh, economy would have had if we had not had the type of gains over the last three and a half years that we had during this administration. Can you speak to what we would look like if the market had not reached record highs, Mike Woods? Well, we we were going over thirty thousand. That was what uh, we were just a few points from from thirty thousand, and now we're below twenty. So, I mean, the, the Dow has has lost a third uh, in just the, the last couple of weeks. I mean, crude oil has plunged from fifty to twenty two in a couple of weeks. Uh, so, there's. There's some serious economic pain uh, going on, and, and again, I, I, I hope and pray that um, that this pandemic will be we quickly uh, uh, overcome, or, or else uh, it's there's there's going to be some serious fallout. And, and and I think that the president and the Congress are trying to put uh, at least a, a trillion, if not more, back into the economy through. Uh, uh, through checks to individuals and, and through loans to small businesses. And, and uh, you know, you look at what's happened to Boeing. I mean, Boeing has gone from 400 to 100 uh, in a short period of time. And, of course, part of that is yeah. self-inflicted with this um, uh, 737 fiasco they've gone through. But, you know, our airlines, they're saying our airlines will be out of cash by the end of May if the government doesn't jump in and, and do something. And, and so you start all the political bickering about, oh, you shouldn't be bailing out this one or that one. Uh, but it's so widespread. If, if the Fed and, and the, the Congress doesn't jump in and do things, I mean, we'll, we're going to be in a, in a, a depression unlike what we had back in the 1929. And unfortunately, you and I weren't around, we weren't but our around. parents were, and, and I heard enough stories. I, I don't want to go there. Absolutely not, Mike. Uh, you know, but when we talk about uh, the this uh, the checks and the the, the bailout uh, that basically I guess what you could call it for the American people that the, the president is um, um, trying to to push forward Mike a lot of people are saying they just don't see how that's going to work uh, as far as uh, sending the working person the working man a check does that uh, include people like yourself and myself or uh, or is that uh, just looking at uh, those who are in the service industry, how 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 does that work? How are you reading that uh, that proposal that the president has? Well, from what I've seen, it, the checks will only go out to people who are making less than sixty thousand dollars a year. Uh, but then I've seen those that, that say that that it doesn't apply. Uh, you know, some of the the, the bills that I've heard, uh, you know, they were going to allow. Employees that that have le- or employers that have less than 500 uh, employees uh, have to grant two weeks sick leave and, and have to do uh, so much uh, of their their 
pay at, at, a, at a reduced rate, uh, and, and there are those that are saying, but that doesn't apply to corporations. Uh, so, see, I've not seen anything specifically to, to know, and, and you've heard $1,000, you've heard $2,000, but, but I think uh, that, that because there are so many unknowns, I, I think that we're going to see just a shotgun approach of just dump more, and it is. There are going to be those that take advantage of it. There are going to be those that aren't eligible that get it. And, and you're going to see uh, the politicians come out of the woodwork saying it's not fair that they bail out the airlines, but they did. I mean, there's going to be all yeah. sorts of, of, um, yeah. of, of nitpicking and, and questioning. But, you know, uh, to me, when, when you're in uncharted, and, and there's no question, this is uncharted. We've, we've never seen anything like this uh, in the history of the United States. Uh, again, it's better to be overreactive than underreactive. So just pour money into the system, and um, uh, you know now would be a good time. And you hear talk about. Uh, I was glad to see Treasuries kind of rally yesterday. You know the bond market has gone down the tubes. Oh the price yeah, of gold oh, is yeah. dropping. I oh mean, yeah. They're, they're, there's no rhyme or reason to what's going on. Uh, Mike, the bond would market you... kind of was coming back yesterday. Would you uh, let me let me ask you this last question I have for you running out of time here, but I want to get this in uh, for all of those speculators out there. uh, And and I've always been coached to do this. Um, Would you encourage people now to buy? To, to, to buy uh, uh, the airline stocks has always been fragile, but uh, but just the same. Is this a good time for those who may have never dabbled in or speculated into the market? Is this a good time to go for it? Well, there there are those that are saying it is. Uh, I, you know, the, the question is picking the bottom, uh, and, and, and I don't have that crystal ball. If I did, I wouldn't be doing what I was doing. But, I mean, an Exxon stock at 34 has got to be a, a bargain. Um, I mean, Boeing is not going away. Uh, you know, now there are those that are saying if the government comes in and bails everybody out, uh, they may end up nationalizing all this, and so then you lose your, your money. So I, I would say... I would wait until it, it absolutely bottoms out, and I don't know where that bottom is, but uh, it, 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 hopefully it can't be much lower. We, we have to be getting to the point, uh, because for the stocks to continue to drop, somebody's got to be buying them. I mean, you can't sell them unless somebody's buying somebody's them. Somebody's buying. So there, there are people buying right now. Absolutely. But, uh, absolutely. I, I don't know if, if I would have enough guts to jump in. I, I'm I'm watching my portfolios go down and, and just hoping that it's, uh, it's going to turn around quickly. <laughs> yeah, let's hope let's hope that it does. The bounce does turn around. And uh, but listen, folks, uh, the sound advice and the sound words that you've just heard came from my good friend, uh, Mike Woods uh, and all of us, including the president, all of us in America right now are looking to the future, our financial future, whether whether uh Regardless of your, your, your state of finance in, in this country right now, your financial future is jeopardized. And all of us must take to heart what we can and must do to curb the effects of this virus so that we can get past all of this. Mike, I want to thank you so much for being on with me today. God bless you. God keep you. Got to have you on again real soon as we hopefully approach the bottom of all of this and, and uh, we begin to look at toward the the light at the end of the tunnel. Thank you so much. Again, Mike Woods.